What is the No Spin News all about? You know that this is a fact-based analysis news program. You know that. We avoid speculation. We don't do conspiracies here. We don't do party politics here. We're not nonpartisan. That's wrong. Not that. Okay, we are advocates for a stronger America and a more just society. We don't believe in communism. We don't believe in socialism. We don't believe in nihilism. We don't believe in the progressive woke culture. We think it is un-American. We don't support that. So you should know what we are. And it would then crystallize what we do. Listen to the No Spin News. Subscribe to Bill O'Reilly's podcast feed wherever podcasts are available. Hey, this is Vivek Ramaswamy. The media has systematically lied to you. The Hunter Biden laptop story, the origin of COVID-19, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, or how your money's being spent in Ukraine. Enough already with the lies. No more lies, hard truths only. That's what the Truth Podcast is all about. It's not standard conservative talking points. If you want that, go somewhere else. But if you want the hard truth delivered to you in a way that challenges you and will challenge me intellectually, you're not going to find anything like this on the internet. Subscribe to The Truth Podcast today on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, welcome to the podcast, Politics by Faith. The other day, we released uh, the first two segments of our most recent special on the first TV, Channel 347, DirecTV. And we talked about legalization of marijuana in particular. In this segment, uh, I want to get to how to solve this problem. And we talked to an amazing pastor, Pastor Mick Fleming. Uh, he has a book called Blown Away from Drug Dealer to Life Bringer. And he articulates the solution because he has lived it himself and he deals with people stuck in addiction uh, all day, every day for the last decades of his life. It's, tr- it's amazing. He's a murderer. He's murdered multiple people in his life. Um, just incredible, man, uh, what, what he's become now. Uh, he has the answer. This is it. It's the answer. You want to know how to fix it? This is it. And I, I even asked him, I said, well, yeah, sure, you have maybe one answer, but what if there's many answers? He's like, nope, <laughs> this is it. Ah, it's fantastic. Before we get to him, though, I want to go to Brandon Darby, our friend at Breitbart.com, and just lament the brokenness of the border. Lament the brokenness of the drug trade, the cartels, uh, all the chemicals for fentanyl coming out of China. Let's just sit in that for a little bit and reflect on, on just what a shame. What a shame it is. Uh, what a shame that we have so many addicts here in America that uh, this is a profitable enterprise as well. So let's take a couple minutes to do that, and then we'll get to the pastor, and we can end on a wonderful note on how to stop this, how to solve this, how to get to the root of it and um, move past it. Coming up. Hey, Slider Crusaders, welcome back to our special Politics by Faith, the Drug Epidemic. I want to go to a friend of mine, Brandon Darby. He's the managing director of, uh, uh, the, and the co-founder, excuse me, the co-founder of the Cartel Chronicles at Breitbart.com, which is an incredibly heroic enterprise from the guys over at Breitbart, and Brandon's the one leading the charge there. Brandon, how are you, brother? I'm doing great. I appreciate you having me on. Amen. It is heroic, indeed, to... to tell the story of what's going on at the border with the cartels to give voice to journalists in Mexico 
who are being murdered for speaking out against the cartel, but to do it on Breitbart.com is uh, quite fantastic. So tell us what's going on at the border. If, if we don't live there, we have no idea. It's all made up in our brain. So tell us what you are seeing and what's really going on. Well, um, you know, first off, the the heroes in, in the cartel chronicles are the people in Mexico who are writing about what's going on in their communities. For me and for other people in America, in the U.S., we have it pretty easy. We have police. We can call 911. We can, we have firearms. We can defend ourselves, but they can't there. They don't have firearms. And oftentimes the police and the local law enforcement and the state law enforcement and the federal law enforcement and the military are working for the various drug cartels in a specific region. So when we talk about what's going on on the border, uh, what's going on is, is most places along the border the the arms of government, the government apparatus, are in fact working with uh, various drug cartels. Uh, that's pretty common knowledge amongst those of us who cover these issues, but uh, most Americans don't realize what that would be like if your entire police department and the local army base, if everyone worked for Los Zetas and you had no freedom to speak out against them or to talk about them and what they do. So, so on, with that backdrop, our border, we have law enforcement on our side and government agencies who tend to be less corrupt. Obviously, they're not overtly taking money or working for drug cartels, but oftentimes we are seeing U.S. law enforcement personnel, U.S. military persons, like in the case of El Paso and Fort Bliss, um, taking money from drug cartels. This is something that we see. Um, so with that backdrop, you know, some places along the U.S.-Mexico border on the U.S. side are very safe and have low crime rates because the local cartel chooses for it to be that way. Other places are much more chaotic. But again, it all has to do with the nature of whether we're talking about Mexico or the U.S., it has to do with the nature of that specific cartel who controls that the black market in that region. Interesting. So the last guest we talked to, we both shared uh, the idea that oh, years ago, we had, took the libertarian approach to drug legalization. And we thought that if we legalized marijuana, then that would undercut the cartels and that would be the end of that. Uh, how wrong were we? This podcast is sponsored by Talkspace. May is Mental Health Awareness Month and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy. By talking or texting with a supportive licensed therapist at Talkspace, You'll gain insights, discover truths, and experience breakthroughs that will improve how you live and how you feel. With Talkspace, just answer a few questions online, and you'll be matched with a therapist. And because you'll meet your therapist online, you don't have to take time off work or arrange childcare. You'll meet on your schedule, whenever you feel most at ease. Plus, Talkspace works with most major insurers, and most insured members only pay a $25 copay or less. No insurance? No problem. If you want to make progress toward a mentally healthier place, Talkspace is here for you. Now get $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80 when you go to Talkspace.com. Match with a licensed therapist today at Talkspace.com. Save $80 with code SPACE80 at Talkspace.com. Well, so I don't actually think that's wrong necessarily. Um, I think it's a little simple, like the way people are looking at it. It, it. it leaves out a lot of context. So we haven't decriminalized or legalized marijuana. We have some states where it is legalized 
and we have other states where it isn't, most states where it isn't. So it's still very profitable to have black market mm -hmm. marijuana. It's still very profitable to grow marijuana somewhere where you won't get prosecuted for it and then to ship it across the country to other states where there's still a black market. Um, so so it's, I don't really, I don't really, I, and I've thought about this quite a bit, but I don't really think, um, you know, I, I really, I really don't think that the drug war is working out well for us as a country. Uh, I definitely don't think it's working out well for Mexico. Um, I can't determine, you know, whether or not things would be even worse if we weren't fighting it or I don't know. I don't know that. I, I, uh, I definitely yeah. am torn on the issue, but, but I don't know that yeah. it's fair to say that now that we've legalized because the marijuana that's being grown in California by drug cartels in Mexico, Mexico based transnational criminal organizations, that marijuana isn't staying in California. That marijuana is being shipped across the United States to places where it is illegal still. Great point. Uh, walk us through the, the production of fentanyl. Uh, when I first heard that fentanyl comes from chemicals in Wuhan, China, it's like, are you kidding me? So how does it get to the streets of America? Well, so the, the, the gist of what's happening is that people are ordering, by people I mean Mexico-based transnational criminal organizations, are ordering uh, precursor chemicals, sometimes fentanyl itself, but a lot of times now they're ordering precursor chemicals to make fentanyl, and uh, they're getting that shipped from China to the to Mexico, and they're manufacturing fentanyl there, and then they are shipping it into the United States. Um, people oftentimes relate the migrant crisis at the border with the fentanyl crisis, and I really don't think that's a good logical thing to do. Are, are there some connections? Yeah, probably. Uh, but generally, you know, the organizations that are really bringing in fentanyl are not the same organizations that are bringing in migrants, right? So you have the Gulf okay. Cartel, you have Loseta, CDN, they're called. Uh, those cartels that are primarily focusing on migrant smuggling and asylum smuggling, right? If you want to call it that, uh, human smuggling. Um, they're they're not really the the same ones who are, uh, and it's not that they don't do some fentanyl. They don't, but but it's, they're not the the ones out west who are primarily responsible for the fentanyl. You have organizations that are very professional, are thinking about their long term profit sustainability, and they try to keep the number of migrants at the border down. They try to keep the violence at the border down. They try to keep mm -hmm. the violence on the U.S. side of the border down. But if you go to, you know, what we deal with in, in uh, southernmost Texas, right, like with the Gulf Cartel and Los Etos, Rio Grande Valley sector, Laredo sector, Del Rio sector, if, you, if you're looking at that, those cartels tend to not care about tomorrow as much. They have younger men leading the organizations. They're fighting each other, and they don't care about tomorrow. So those are the ones who bring most of the migrants to our border, even though yeah, they know. grab it while we can. Yeah, you get it. Yeah, that's a really good point. Wow, I never thought of that. I love that insight. Uh, we got about a minute or so. One thing I don't understand about fentanyl, and you talked about long-term sustainability and profit or whatever, if such a little amount, like a grain of rice, can kill someone, just like that, first time they use it, how is that long-term profitability if it's so deadly? What's the long-term play with fentanyl? Well, this is a little bit simplified, but for the minute I'll do it. 
Um, yeah. In Mexico, you traditionally have Mexican black tar heroin, okay? Uh, you also have, you know, really bad weed. They call it swag weed, Mexican dirt weed. Can't compete with some of the really good marijuana that's being grown in the United States or in other places in Western Europe or what have you. And the heroin definitely, and the opiates cannot compete with the opiates that are coming from Southeast Asia. However, by adding a little bit of fentanyl into these these uh, low quality products that don't work as well, mm. now all of a sudden they work just as well. So China then deals with its problems. It deals with its own drug dealers because they're getting disempowered because now Mexicans have you know heroin that's putting out the Chinese the the Southeast Asian drug lords out of business. And at the same time, it's hurting the U.S. So, so their profits are dependent on the addition of fentanyl for people to want to use their product. Interesting. So they're not trying, at least not yet, they're not trying to kill people. Maybe they just put a little too much in the pills by accident? I think that's kind of the deal. Like, I, I think with China, um, and again, this is my, my opinion, right? My analysis, it's an informed opinion. But my opinion is, is, is that they have a, a lock-tight control over every aspect of their society. They know where, where precursor chemicals are made. They know when they're shipped, and they know to whom they are shipped. Um, so they are definitely allowing that, and they're doing so knowing that it's hurting the fabric of this country and that it's really hurting our, 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 our nation and our people. That's a different story to me than what Mexican cartels are doing. They're just trying to have product that is uh, that is, you know, comparable or that can compete with yes. with drugs from other places in the world. Oh, that's interesting. They both have perhaps slightly different motivations, but it still works out to screw us in the end. Brandon Darby, uh, Breitbart.com, Cartel Chronicles. You can find that on Breitbart.com as well. Brandon, great to talk to you, brother. Keep it up. Thank you. Thanks, man. We're going to get to the root of all this next, the root of it personally, the root of it individually. You want to solve the drug epidemic in America? Here's the answer. I'll share it next. Spread the word. This podcast brought to you by the Public Square app. It has not been more obvious. The progressive corporate America pushing who knows, like literally satanic stuff on us, like t-shirt, or Target having t-shirts with Satan on it, like literally satanic stuff on the American people. And so many people are like, I'm out, I can't do it anymore. I, I can't be a part of this system. This is so awful, I'm out. But where do you go? You're right, you need somewhere to go. It's like if you're holding on to a rope off a cliff and someone's like, let go of the rope, it's woke. And you're like, I want to, but what, what do I do? I need to grab onto something else or else I'm gonna fall. Public Square. Public Square app, totally free. Freedom-loving alternatives to everything you buy. There's, there's an, there are options, and Public Square app put all those options together in one place, whether it's near you, restaurants, coffee shops, banks, clothing, whatever, near you, or everything online as well. Public Square, uh, publicsq.com if you wanna read the values that everyone has to uh, say they support um, and live, they have to actually live this up. Uh, to be featured in the app, publicsq.com. Just download it for free in the App Store and start small. Just start with coffee shop near you. Stop giving your money to Starbucks. Find the coffee shop near, the, near you that's owned by freedom-loving Americans. publicsq.com, free download in the App Store, Public Square.
Hey, Slider Crusaders, welcome back to our special Politics by Faith, the drug epidemic. I want to go right to Pastor Mick Fleming. He is the, uh, the man behind the Church on the Street Ministries, author of the newer book, Blown Away from Drug Dealer to Life Bringer. Pastor, how are you, sir? I'm very good. Thanks, Mike. Great to see you. I'm grateful you're here. Tell us a little bit about your life. How did you go? How did you get to the drug dealer part? Oh, my goodness me. So my life, Mike, so it was, uh, I was attacked and raped when I was a, a young boy. And uh, within a 24-hour period, my sister died as well. And it was, and mm. it was just a kind of uh, a response to that. I couldn't speak out. I couldn't, everything changed. So I was, I was only a little boy, probably 11. So I went from this nice little boy into this horrible child, really, and and that went on into sort of uh, into manhood, and uh, I slowly but surely more drugs, more alcohol, uh, and uh, I kind of learned how to fight, I learned how to hurt people, and uh, you know the short story is people used to pay me to. Gosh, to, I think I kind of like to say they used to pay me to shoot people and to hurt people and to collect things, money and drugs and da 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 da, uh, and and I had uh, I ended up in a psychiatric unit. I've been arrested for every crime you could think of: murder twice, uh, armed robberies, you know, firearms offences, lots and lots of. Uh, things and, and, and then I had a moment you know I had a moment a God moment that completely changed my life uh, sometimes I can't uh, sometimes I can't even believe it you know kind of what happened from the person I was to what I am now and uh, I kind of I learned and understood about forgiveness and sort of acceptance and and, and I kind of think the drug addiction uh, without a, an understanding of a suffering Christ and a resurrection, uh, there is no recovery uh, without that notion, Mike, really, to be honest with you. So that's the short story of, of my life, really. You know, there's lots in between and lots more. And uh, the outcome now where it is, you know, I'm sort of, you know, I'm, I'm friends with like Prince William and I'm, I get to do this and I get to do that and all the kind of things that can only be through an understanding of God working in somebody's life. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it's crazy, you know, but true. Help, help me, help me un really understand this. Trauma led to addiction. How does yes. a suffering Christ solve that? Put, put, connect A to B there for me. Yeah, so so basically, this is this has been my observation. It's been my personal experience as well. So, human beings do anything they can to avoid the pain. So, if the pain's there, I'm going the other way. So, I'll inflict pain on others, but I am not going to go through pain myself. But the Jesus story and the Jesus truth is that if you go through pain, you come out the other side. To new life so Jesus himself goes through pain for us so he takes the pain on the cross and the evidence that that's true is he's resurrected from the dead so that's not just a truth and it's not just an analogy it's a reality so you try to avoid pain as a human being if you can it's impossible we put all our time 
and all our effort into avoiding it. Well, I don't anymore. You know, I say bring it on because there is no pain and suffering for me anymore. So I went through the pain of my addiction, my the pain of trying to get clean, the pain of trying to work things out and understand it. And I came out a new person. I came out, I found mm. Christ in, in that suffering and I no longer have to suffer. So we, t we tend as human beings, like I said, to avoid the pain, but what we genuinely look for is to have power and control in politics, in, in everything else, where the truth is to become powerless, which gives you power. So it means not to, to sort of spend all your time and your effort and your energy trying to change things that are impossible, but to only change the things that are possible and to work and, and to live in that. And that's a resurrected life. And it opens so many doors. It, it's like, how can you go from, uh, so my kind of politics would be me, 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 me. And that's not what I am now. So, so if I preach the gospel, I don't need to worry about abortion and about all the, the other things. I have a deep rooted care for all the Christian ethics and everything else. but. I don't need to punish and destroy somebody else. I need to tell them what Jesus says, and Jesus will work with that person. The gospel is that powerful. I don't even need to judge them. And, and that's the, the change. That's the suffering that comes through. And that's how addiction is ended by kind of understanding, going through the pain, coming out the other side, and but yet living a resurrected life, you know, in, in love and in truth. And that means giving people the gospel, telling them, you know, asking the question. So, so who is, this is the anti, I can tell you the antidote to addiction is Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And then you say, so who is it? So I ask the people, I ask many people, many, 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 many times, my, so who's Jesus? What is it? Describe it. And some people might say he's a, he's a man that was on a cross, uh, maybe a crown of thorns or somebody in a flowing gown and sandals but if you say the truth of Jesus is he's, he's four things in the New Testament everywhere you find Jesus you find four things and these four things are things that he does as well so he is these four things he's honesty, unselfishness purity and love and I will always fall short on one of them in my life because I'm not Jesus but what, what I'm saying to you is that that is Christ and I follow that way. And that way is costly. Honesty, unselfishness, mm -hmm. purity and love. And if we could evangelize like that and say, this is what Jesus is, is that not a better way to follow? Of course it is. That's a political solution. That's a spiritual solution. That's a physical solution. We should live the way of Christ. And that's the definition of Christ there. You know, obviously they're a writer by it and they're, they're a speaker by it, but it ends addiction. It takes people out Perfect of pastor. it. Perfect pastor. I, I, oh, I, we could talk forever. Uh, we only got a couple minutes. What, all right, let me ask you this. Someone's gonna say, pastor, I'm really happy for you. I'm glad that that coping mechanism worked for you, pastor. Yeah. But uh, it's not gonna work for me. And uh, I'm gonna try this other way instead. What do you say to that? Well, co come back and see me and, uh, when you've tried the other way because every <laughs> day 
Uh, every single day I'm with people that want to kill themselves. Every single day people who've relapsed uh, work with the families of people that have tried it another way. And it does not work. I, you know, I'm a kind of like an expert in addiction, in the recovery of yeah. addiction. And, you know, I listen to what Jordan Peters say, I listen to what lots of other people say, uh, people who are very, very left-wing and they're very, very wrong because it leads you away from God and leads you mm. deeper into addiction. You know, the kind of, the way that I'm putting forward in Christ leads you to freedom from addiction, which is freedom from self, self-centeredness. That's, that's the antidote, that's it. it's Jesus, Mike, it's Jesus. Ah, that's it. Blessed are the poor in spirit, the very first of the Beatitudes, exactly, exactly what you described. Yeah. Exactly, exactly, that's it, that's it. Um, all right, last question for you, Pastor, and I hope we can definitely talk again. Um, we had a previous guest, and we were talking about uh, antidepressants and stuff like that. And we are just talking about this idea that in the modern world, we are just uh, an evolution created, or excuse me, an evolution um, uh, group of chemicals that are randomly bumping into each other and we just introduce more chemicals to change how we feel, to improve our, and there's no mention of the soul. And I just wanna bring it to you, like, first of all, is trauma, in your experience, does trauma cause most addictions? And then, what the, the brain isn't the solution, it's getting to the soul. And how do we do that in a world that says the soul doesn't even exist? Yeah, that's, a, that's an absolutely brilliant question. So, so for me, so my experience has been, I couldn't think myself better, even with medication, because the trauma wouldn't go away, the anger wouldn't go away. So but I had a, a moment of, uh, a spiritual moment, a soulful moment, where I understood what forgiveness was, and uh, I, I really quickly, I'll do it really quickly, Mike. So I met a guy yeah. in a in a McDonald's restaurant who was an alcoholic, and I got him a coffee, and I sat down with him and I helped him, and he got sober, and uh, he came to know Christ, and uh, he did very well, but the alcohol had damaged him so bad he died two years later. I never told him he was the man that raped me when I was a child. And uh, the spiritual, soulful solution for me and the understanding of it that I could never get in my head because I, I wanted to kill this man all my life. I, 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 he, he destroyed me. And the solution, the sole solution was that forgiveness isn't saying everything's all right. Forgiveness is saying, I don't need to live in your sin anymore. And that just brought me, That it, it proved to me that I had a soul because I couldn't think that, I couldn't understand that, and I can't forgive. You know, people hear Mike saying, I don't I just need to forgive myself. I can I forgive him? Well, good luck with that one because I never met a human being that really can. They say it, but the trauma stays, the pain stays, it doesn't go away. You don't work through it because it never ends, but it ends when you, when you know Christ. You, your soul is restored. And you, and you will never think yourself better. You, you know, you'll never feel yourself better. You know, you'll never forgive yourself. You need, you need Christ and, you know, and, and, and that's evidence, you know, that's real evidence. It's, and that's the resurrected life, Mike, that allows that kind of forgiveness and that understanding, you know. Pastor Mick Fleming, the book is blown away from drug dealer to life bringer. Pastor, we'll definitely talk again. 
another day, sir. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mike, and God bless you for what for your work and what you're doing. You know, God bless you. We're in it together. Thank you, sir. That's our special. Mike Slater, spread the word. The fact that this debt ceiling was pitched as some sort of victory to me is just uh, pretty amazing. Maybe, maybe the best we could do, uh, Republicans with the minority and the, the Congress. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure, but not good. Ray Dalio says increasing the debt limit means there's no meaningful limit on the debt will eventually lead to a disastrous financial collapse. Of course, how could it not? Uh, J.P. Morgan said cut stocks, buy gold, hold your cash. Financial Times investors are gaga for gold. Wells Fargo said we're in a super cycle, could last another six years. Worst case scenario, $3,000 gold. See if gold makes sense for your family. The search on Google, how to buy gold, hit record levels in April. More people than ever Googling, how do I buy? Not should I buy? How? I want, I need, give it to me. How do I get it? Patriot Gold Group, there's your answer. That's who I buy gold from. Find out why they're the number one, A plus rated, the top consumer affairs rated gold and silver company nationwide. Come on. Like, you, like they're the best. Consumer affairs, top rated gold and silver company nationwide. one 617 Real physical gold in your possession. They also have a no fee for life IRA where your IRA or 401k can be in physical gold and silver as well. See if gold makes sense for you and your family. 888-617-6122 for a free investor's guide. And remember, Patriot Gold Group, Consumer Affairs top rated gold IRA dealer six years in a row and counting. 1-888-617-6122 with any questions you have, patriotgoldgroup.com.